as a pastor, I think, what is the purpose of all this energy into helping people to see what I believe is true about the Bible and join my church? If they get there and they realize they can't do this anymore, they don't want to be associated with us. We aspire to become awakened beings, to live in harmony with the truth of life. From Vast Noodle Media, I'm Trent Bell. This is Knowing and Believing, a podcast about how we believe. Brenda Johnson, pastor of the Saco Seventh Adventist Church, and someone I've known for a long time now, uh, mother of a really good friend of mine. Um, I've I've wanted to have you on to talk here for a long time because I've. You're, you're a very unique person to me in that um, you're extremely sociable and genuine and open and caring and thoughtful and intelligent all at the same time. Wow. And generally, <laughs> you and I both, at the same time, our Achilles heel, as you've shared with me, is, is my reading comprehension is very low. And you've shared that you mm-hmm. have a difficult time absorbing information through reading. And I, what I've gotten to do is I'll actually take articles, select the whole thing, and make my phone speak it. And I, I read mm-hmm. it that way because mm-hmm. I can't read and understand uh, very quickly. But um, I, I've really appreciated that about you, that uh, you come off so incredibly warm and open and everything else and, and sociable that you wouldn't think that there'd also be this incredibly deep intelligence side. That's just a stereotype that people come across with, that if they're too social and they're too happy and outgoing, that they can't be that deep. But maybe that's just me in my own head, probably, but whatever. But anyways, I've, I've always enjoyed talking to you because you have a very open, genuine personality combined with a much deeper intellect that's kind of going on under the surface that I really appreciate. Um, and there, there's three main issues that I, that I really uh, think are interesting for us to talk about. And that's, um, for one, you're a woman mm-hmm. doing a man's job. I am. According to Seventh Adventism. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's, a, that's an alarmist statement. But... Yeah, the Seventh Adventist Church really still does not freely ordain women, and so that's a you're you're a vanguard in that situation, um, and that's interesting to me. And so I'd I'd love to get your take on that. And then also, both of your sons have left the Seventh Adventist Church as well as myself. Um, and you know, I I'd think you'd probably consider me somewhat of a of a long distant extended son Absolutely, as well. Absolutely. <laughs> And, and that's interesting to me that all three of us, nothing horrible because of the church has happened to all, any three of us. None of us have been attacked or molested or anything else that I know of from Josh or Caleb. Uh, so there's no apparent issue of any, you know, major thing having us leave the church other than it just not fitting properly with the reality of the world view that you start to uh, come to at, at maturity, maybe. I don't know. Um, so another interesting thing to talk about. And the third thing would be uh, you've had a much more open stance and been more vocal 
about your stance on LGBTQ issues as it applies to the church and your openness and willingness to talk about it. And you had shared that you came across that from working as a chaplain with many LGBTQ uh, individuals and realizing, like, these are just genuine, nice people. Something's not completely straight here with what I've been fed from my religion. Yep. Um, so that's kind of a, a brief outline of, of what, I'd, what I'd love to talk about. Um, so first of all, women and spiritual leadership. Is it a good thing? What's your take on it? All of that. It's a good thing. Um, I can say from my experience that in every case uh, there was opposition. Um, and then if people were just open and, and would listen, uh, they fell in love with having a woman as a pastor. They fell in love with having women as a, as a preacher. Yep. Um, and um, um, I have no, I'm not militant about it. I just want to be able to serve the Lord. You know, that's my, uh, that's my theme in life. I, I, I really want to be a person who's made a difference in the world. And my world is very small. So um, I haven't been thwarted um, <laughs> in my in my desire, and um, you know, I've I've moved. I, I really believe that God has moved me through different uh, steps. And when I look back on it, I think, oh my goodness, you know, I didn't realize it. We were in upstate uh, New York. And my husband's also a, a, a pastor, and every time we move, I have had to give up a job I loved. And so when I started as a chaplain in a nursing home, I just loved it. It was my gift. Everybody saw it was my gift. Uh, I was, you know, I had a little chaplaincy training, and then all of a sudden, it's like uh, we have to move. I have to give that up. Hmm. But when I look at it, if we did not move... I wouldn't have been able to go to seminary. I wouldn't have been able to be trained as a pastor. Wouldn't be able to be trained as a, a professional chaplain. So um, even though at times, um, you know, I could get really angry and really sad about it, it just seemed like if I just kept listening and taking the next step, um, to me, God has led me to where I am now. And I absolutely can't believe that I'm a pastor and that I'm a successful pastor in the sense that things haven't totally fallen apart. And, <laughs> you know, um, in our, in our situation, um, we have two schools and they were in some trouble and with God's help and my leadership, they're, they're solid now. And, uh, so, you know, I, I can't say that, um, I've been militant, um, but I've been hurt, you know, hurt. What, what, what have been the pain points uh, for you uh, being a female pastor uh, in your experience? Well, um, the pain points have always been uh, when our general conference decides they're going to discuss this issue. And I think this is where I, I, um, I connect with the, the gay community, the LBG uh, community, because uh, they would stand up and talk about they, you know, they don't have a right to do this. This They, like I was a, 
an entity uh, rather than a person. Mm. And I think that um, I think that when I would sit and listen to those conversations about, you know, 55% of uh, the people in our church are women or more, um, it would it would hurt that um, my sense of calling anyone would would deny, and that's what they're doing. They're saying, well, you might think you're called, but you've totally misinterpreted it because God can't call you uh, to ministry. He can't call you to be a pastor. He can't call you. Um, that hurts because I know how I feel. I know that this has been the most wonderful life and the most wonderful experience um, to be a, a, a chaplain, to be a pastor, um, and for somebody to say, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. You just made it all up uh, because, you know, the Bible says that you can't be. Hmm. Um, it hurts deeply, uh, but the fact is it doesn't make any difference because I've gone forward and that's what I think that everybody uh, has to do is they have to go forward with what they feel called to do. And what always happens is, well, what happened in our church, those who really felt strongly, which were a few, left. And I had to live with that because our church can't afford to lose any, as you know. <laughs> so I, I don't know. <laughs> I had to live with that. that it's kind of like you gone. prune a plant, and yeah. it's like, oh my goodness, it's dead, and then all of a sudden it flourishes. Yeah, and 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 that might be true. Um, and then there were those who were wait and see. Yeah. And um, someone got up in the church uh, after a little while and said, you know, I think this is going pretty well uh, <laughs> about me. And and okay. Um, and then there are some that I absolutely. Uh, they would absolutely say that having spirituality from a, uh, a female pers- perspective uh, is why they come. To me, to me, it's a very interesting conversation, I think, sociologically, that we, I think you see generally uh, a female type of leadership uh, working better in a more developed uh, societal mindset. Mm-hmm. That's a really complicated word salad there. But um, spirituality, uh, when it is removed from being a, a thing that protects you and gives you immediate hope because you're in a dire situation, uh, those type of needs and those situations are more easily met by a more authoritarian authoritative mm-hmm. top-down powerful leadership that would be more uh stereotypically male mm-hmm. where when you're in a society where um your immediate needs are far more easily met and you're left to uh move spirituality more to an area of relationships and flourishing through things like love, relationships, and encouraging people uh, in growing that way, it, it seems to be my observation that a female, you know, stereotypically female style of leadership works more, uh, in, in my opinion, just as, as 
generalities. Yeah, and you, yeah, and you realize those are still all um, stereotypical. Yeah, yeah, they're all, you yeah. know, they're kind of 60, um, 40 percentages, if you will, yeah. which men can have those just as much as women. They're right. just more so at the uh, extent of the bell curve, of mm-hmm. that, if you will. Yeah. I mean, I think um, to not be, uh, not in an intellect, as much of an intellect, the things that I've, I've given to the uh, church are things that maybe a woman would give. Um, you know, I walk in and the place, of course, Caleb might do this too, uh, yeah. but the place is, does not look um, beautiful. It looks awful. And so you get new curtains, you get new paint, you get, you fix it up, you know? Yeah. And, and as a woman, that was like the first thing I had to do. I couldn't stand what, what I saw. Um, in, in the sense of it wasn't that bad, but I, in my eyes, I could see, uh, so that's, um, you know, you know, uh, an, an, in- an interesting thing, because I still come by, uh, the Saco Seventh Adventist church when there's free food. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He loves our food. We're vegan uh, and gluten-free yeah. for him. Um, but yeah, the <laughs> kids love it when I come by for potluck and all that. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing I have noticed is there seems to be. This the thing I see happening is a lot of relationships and people mm-hmm. interacting, and I don't see Brenda in the middle of it having to be the center of attention and directing everything. Yeah, which is I think a more relationship oriented type of leadership rather than having to be like I'm here, I'm going to take the attention now, and I'm going to tell you to do this, that, and the other. You're you're facilitating the whole thing. I, and- I think that's a good. Um- a good statement and and the my um greatest um uh, uh the person who's most against women and theologically i invite to preach and we have a really good relationship i yeah. i feel like um i feel like uh i don't have to be the boss and I don't have to, I can share the ministry even with those people who don't like me or who, um, who really feel I shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. Um, but I share it. And I think that is somewhat of a woman's leadership style is, is, um, you know, uh, people listen to me. They, you know, you know, ask me, I try to think, we have three, we have two schools and a church, and they all don't get along at times. And I'm in the so middle. So they're normal. Yeah. And I'm in the middle because the schools rent. I'm in the middle helping everybody to see the other person's perspective and making a decision um, with all three in mind um, as far as a board um, decision. And I think that's, I'm kind of like a, you know, an ambassador for all of them and a, you know, um, a counselor or whatever for all of them. And that works. And, and right. I think that's woman. Uh, I think, I think that if you're going to stereotype, there is a certain amount of gen- gentleness. I have to be with all the different people. And that probably does come from a, a woman's perspective. What the, it, interesting observations that that come from uh, psychology psychology professionals. Uh, men will stereotypically be more disagreeable. Uh, women will 
stereotypically be more relationally oriented. And, you know, if a man sees something that he disagrees with, he's more likely to go and uh, risk conflict to just solve it right there where, uh, you know, a, a woman stereotypically, again, might use a little bit more of a scalpel rather than a chainsaw mm-hmm. and, and kind of get people to think it through and, and come to a more even-handed solution. And, and, and I think in, in more modern spirituality, I do genuinely think that women stereotypically are more suited to spiritual leadership in, in that, um, in that situation. And I think it's a reason why we probably have so many people leaving churches is that churches aren't generally, um, bastions of liberal thought. They're more so conservative and slower to change. And so they're going to have, you know, more male leadership generally, and they're going to be less slow to adapt to change and so i think they're just kind of losing people because of that i guess i guess that's um i think this is on the subject too but i guess that's what hurts me the most about my three boys (laughs) is that they did not find the church the place that they could question they did Mm. not find the church the place that would love them if they if they didn't believe um i think you guys found fear um, that if these wonderful young people believe differently and have these questions, then, um, you know, something bad is going to happen to the church. Right. And so I feel badly about that. I think the church really failed a whole generation. And I've, I kind of feel like I'm, I'm too old to change that. <laughs> but it was wrong, and I... And, and, you know, in my own heart, I questioned, well, if I realized from here what would have happened, how would I have acted within the church? Would I have, I've, would I have left so that you could have a creative place to, to speak? Or would I have changed things? Um, because all three of you um, have been beaten up and your ideas... Well, I, for me personally, I, you know, speaking for myself, I don't feel like I've been, I don't personally feel like I've been beaten up by the church because I've, I've right. never felt, I've said this before, but I'm, I'm far more of a fence rider. Right. Whereas right. Caleb, your youngest son, uh, he would have, he was a hundred percent in Right. And he was going to pull that Saco church up to the top of the hill if it was the last thing that he ever did. It's just his personality with everything he right. does. Right. Now, I guess beaten up isn't the word I want to use because that's aggressive. Like, I, I mean, it's a state of being beat up now having to right, go through right, losing that worldview like and yeah. that, you know, that framework, yeah. which is really, really difficult. Yeah, that in that I've been beat up. But it's not because of individuals' actions within right, the church. Correct. I would blame not enough people that I find to be open-minded and more liberal in their thinking process, not you know political, but mm-hmm. more liberal in their thinking process and everything else, not speaking up as much. And by what I mean by that is, again, uh, religious circles are going to tend towards being far more conservative in their mindset, mm-hmm. which is going to mean change and questionings and doubts are, everything's framed far more towards a eliminating risk perspective 
and and focusing on safety and and consistency. And I think that's totally the problem. Yeah, and And it it doesn't need to go all the way the other way. No. That's not what I'm saying. It needs to be a together. Why couldn't three young people sit down uh, in a Sabbath class or, or a group and instead of just talking about nothing, why couldn't you have sat down with someone open and and hashed out these ideas without people getting so excited that you were losing it? Well, they kind of did that. At, at, mm-hmm. Well, let's see. At, at Saco, you know, we had fresh blood come in, um, like new people come in, and they were... You know they they were incredibly wonderful people, um, and they you know because of some of the views they eventually came to have the whole you know how churches do they start to navel gaze and get into theological issues and and so that all kind of fell apart and then you know Caleb and I got to a point where we were like all right let's this all seems like weird mm-hmm. and just in general this mm-hmm. is weird. This group mm-hmm. of people that associate because they believe the same thing is weird. That's just how I can best describe it. So I wanted to take a step back and say, okay, before I come to the Bible, before I come to believe in God or anything else, let's just say I wake up and I have the ability to be conscious and think and speak. Why on earth do I think there's a God? Like I, I needed, like I had at that point had enough of dealing with religion mm-hmm. and I wanted to know how do I even philosophically come to justifying searching for a God, even before I jump into this muck with all these weird people, you know, mm-hmm. in their odd infighting about issues of, you know, that just seem ridiculous, you know? And we tried that. Most of the people just didn't quite get it. Um, but, you know, it, it's a very small church. And, and I'd hear from my parents like, well, if you were on the West Coast, you wouldn't right. be going through this yeah. or, or whatever yeah. else. But... The honest truth is Caleb and I both had a very similar experience growing up in multiple churches and having the same kind of um, feelings, you know, conveyed to us of these kind of fear-based thinking systems of, well, you know, if you believe this, you'll be led astray and and they're going to get you for this. And there's going to be, you know, the time when you all have to run to the hills and blah, blah, blah. And I'd look at all these fear factors, getting people in line. Mm -hmm. And I'd say, well, you don't need a single one of these. You don't need to ever hear about them if it's true that Christ is central in this. Doesn't matter any of that. If you have Christ and he's a supernatural power and everything else, I don't need to hear a lick of this end time stuff. All, But that's just, it just seemed to endlessly be focusing on that. And it, you know, I think it just got to a point where if you're not in enough fear in your day-to-day life, or if you're a person that's going to be thinking creatively or questioning creatively outside of that, if you're going to be more of a liberal mindset, and again, that's not a political statement. Right. That's a, there's different types of personalities. Mm-hmm. A more creative, more liberal mindset is going to naturally question and criticize things. If you're of that mindset, I think the typical religious views are far more conservative in general. They just are. And as you grow in that, you're going to be expanding one way where the religion is going to be compressing in the other, and you're going to be dis- disenfranchised. And I think it's just inevitable. I guess... 
the difference between religion and relationship is important to me. You know, I don't really care what religion I'm in. If somebody came and really proved that being a Seventh-day Adventist was wrong, okay, because that's not my core of spirituality. You know, my core is something much more um, deep than that, is a, is, is a core relationship with God and a relationship with his son. And I you know, happened... an, an interesting thing with me is that I actually believe you when you say that, because I know you don't really need the job. Yeah. I, I know you could go be a chaplain and, and be very happy. I know you want the job because you very much enjoy pastoring, but sitting with other pastors who it's their their income and they're supporting a family and if they mm-hmm. don't have that what are they going to do you know i mean you know being where you're at in your life and uh i just know that you're only doing this because you want to be doing it and you believe it and that's right. a that's an interesting point to me where yeah. maybe is a shallow observation but i trust that you're actually telling the truth yeah there. i'm telling the truth and and you know um religion you know doctrine it just puts some bones you know this on on what you believe you know but um i die for my right to believe in jesus i die for uh not the sabbath but i die for all of us having the right um to keep whatever day we want that freedom you know um but there are some things in our church that, hey, if it's okay, I mean, if it's if it's true, fine. If it's not true, doesn't make any difference to me, you know. And and I think that's what you expressed, no. um, you know. Um, but as a as a religious person, as a person who has a relationship with God, um, I I I chose a church that I believe. Um, sticks pretty closely to the Bible um, and the basics of the Bible. And, you know, that's that's good. But I, I feel for you guys because I had this relationship before I ever made a decision as to what bones I was going to put on it. Right. You know? And that's something that we've talked about in the past, that both you and your husband came to Adventism as Converted Christians, yeah. Um, Where when you're born into it, uh, you don't you don't necessarily have the freedom to choose it, and it's uh, it's a different thing, especially when it's such a strong culture of religiosity that that um, that can be a little offensive uh, if you don't feel like you had the freedom to be there. It Mm -hmm. maybe can get a little itchy. Um, And another two interesting points that that are still kind of hard for me to swallow to a degree but you know the there's been people in the church prominent people in adventism that have professed like you know we shouldn't let women be pastors for x y and z and have and have shared um reasoning around like lower iq court scores and stuff (laughs) but have not divulged that they're their older research and someone mm-hmm. shared with me recently that they had seen this and I was like, wow. And I looked it up and yeah, before 1982, 
IQ scores showed that women were a few percentage points behind mm -hmm. men. And after 1982, the more recent data with more accurate um, testing and with women having, you know, far more right to and consistent right to uh, education, they're actually showing that women are easily equal, if not maybe a little bit more, more. than men. Mm -hmm. And now some people put the little bit more down to the general personality disposition of women being suited more to paying attention in class and applying themselves in educational, institutional types of settings, maybe. I don't know, but You know what it's it also is, Trent? We have to work harder than you guys. If you want it more, you'll, <laughs> yeah. you'll get more of it eventually. We have, to, yeah. we have to work, you know. I hate to say it, but my husband breezed through seminary and breezed through everything because <laughs> it was given to him. And I was working behind <laughs> the scenes to keep everything going, you know. But when yeah. it comes to me and my education, I had to take care of my kids yeah and yeah. I had to be a wife and then I had to go to school and and then now as a pastor I have to work harder I have to make sure that everything goes right only because people are looking and, and everybody's yeah. going to be saying oh see it was a woman yeah if the church fell apart when it was a woman you know and and that mm. that scares me because our church is so small and it's not going to have anything to do with me yeah if it doesn't yeah. survive but if it goes under See, As it a was woman, a woman. Uh, it was a woman, yeah. you know. So, you know, you make um, an interesting point. Uh, more is, especially professionally, women have a much harder road to toe. Like Amber's gone this week. She's mm -hmm. in Michigan teaching. And so I'm home alone with the kids. And I did some grocery shopping the other day. And I went out. I'm always chiding Amber for this. Like, why didn't you look in the cupboards before you went grocery shopping? You, you bought double of all this stuff. This is, you know, this is a waste of my money. I'm, I'm working so hard. <laughs> our money. Okay. Our no. money, whatever. But I earn the money, you know, and You're then such a man. <laughs> we, I know I, we went out, me and the boys shopped, got back and about half of the stuff I double bought Yeah. because I was so busy with, That's and right. all I was doing was That's just right. watching kids. Exactly. Amber's watching the kids and doing all this right. stuff. And, and your plan for the day, Hey, it makes sense to stop at the grocery store now, but I haven't looked in the cupboard. I'm, yeah. you know. So you're trying to remember, um, yeah. yeah, and you don't realize it, um, yeah, but that's it, true. I think our society is going through, you know, not the growing pains, but kind of the growing pains of just uh, adjusting to a far more egalitarian society where, where, you know, men are becoming, in their distinctiveness of being a man, are becoming less needed, you know, like mm -hmm. a a physical presence in a developed society that can protect you physically is not unneeded, but less needed, you know? Right. So there's there's definitely this change going on that, in that is interesting. your situation, Amber's in such great shape that she could... Yeah, right. <laughs> she could take care of anything she's anyway. She's to be reckoned with, both yeah, physically and mentally. she's to be reckoned with, yes. So, um, uh, so the, any, any other points that... that you that come up to you on on the role of women in uh spiritual leadership and and how adventism is not really jumping on board uh anything about what you found the difference in male leadership and female leadership and how they differently uh complement and well i can say that um adventism is getting on board um and uh, it's slow but it's not i mean my conference president uh, totally Obviously, supports women. Yeah, and um, I found that North America is 
developed but different than a lot of the other countries where living situations can be a little more extreme they're like right right in africa in in um you know the other countries but i mean america does often lead you know um as far as um you know changing cultures and um um you know i think that uh as I know, um, because we have Jamaicans that come to our church, you know, and as they've gotten more educated and uh, et cetera, they accept me totally as their pastor, you know. So um, it's changing. I think that that's going to be a mute issue, and then the gay issue, um, the LBGT uh, issue is going to become the big issue. Um, Mm. You know, I I really think that uh, that's... That's what's going to happen because women are going to um, more and more express who they are. And, you know, I can say, and I've been at this for um, at least 25, if not 30 years. Uh, I've been a, uh, what in our church would be a commission minister. And I can marry, bury, do everything. Um, and... Uh, in each situation, I had a supportive male. And uh, in leadership, I've never had a non-supportive male. It sounds weird, but I, I just haven't. Hmm. Men in leadership in our church uh, in America, for the most part, uh, have been supportive of women. And, and um, you know, uh, sure, I'd like to be ordained, but eh. It's not going to happen. So just, you know, just don't keep me from serving the Lord um, and this wonderful life, and it's fine, and they're not keeping me from So it. why, when when that's kind of being dangled like a carrot, you know, that to me it, it, it just seems highly offensive, and I think there's something with my personality that I just, I don't find a lot of uh, benefit by being associated like, initiated by a group right like i i feel fine to just like jump ship and go to some loosely affiliated group and and you know serve god mm-hmm. that way and right. you know i'd be fine with that if i still believed in uh, you know that god, type right? of god <laughs> so why why the sticking with adventism why not go to a congregation that freely lets lgbtq people serve in roles of leadership and women in leadership I mean, why why stick with Adventism? Well, you know the ad answer to that, and and um, and so I've I've made it. I have made a choice. Um, I believe in the Sabbath. I believe in what Seventh Day Adventists believe. If I was a minister and had to preach hell, um, if I was a minister <sighs> and um, had to preach or believe um, an understanding of the Bible that was so liberal that to me it took all the guts out of it. That's more, uh, you know, some of those beliefs are important to me, you mm-hmm. know. And being a woman, um, uh, you know, I've been able to survive fine and, and do my work and be called by God and not pay attention to some of the ones that hurt me. I've been able to survive that. As far as the LBGT situation. LGBTQ. Q. L- LBGT. 
I wish they had an easier name because being dyslexic, I get them all just messed up. They don't all go together yeah. like that. But anyway, um, that is a real issue uh, that the church and you guys, ha- we have to deal with. Um, and uh, um, I don't know how that's going to come up. You know? So uh, good segue. I mean, both... I think, Caleb, the first thing that really kind of was kind of like, all right, I need to question more publicly Mm -hmm. was uh, some unavoidable, at the moment at least, uh, evolutionary things for him. Mm -hmm. And then also LGBTQ issues and associating with a group of people that so flatly, uh, in many ways, dehumanize and, and belittle and shame a whole you know, a large percentage, you know, you know, relatively, you know, a lot of people, um, by saying, you know, you cannot, you're not as perfect as us or whatever. You cannot serve in, in our midst, you know? And, uh, I haven't talked specifically with Josh about it, but, um, I know for myself, it was more so the LGBTQ issues that initially for me, it was like, as I got to know more and more people of those dispositions, I just realized like these, these are not raving perverts out to, you know, uh, debaucherize themselves to the nth degree. These are just people that are wired differently than me. And and that's the end of it. And beyond that, I, I don't know how I could associate with a group of people that then says, well, this ancient text, which we don't take a lot of what it says, we still wear, you know, mixed clothing and and all these other things that are just crazy, but we're going to hang on to this one and we're going to apply it flatly to you. And we're going to try and get you to not have a, you know, an intimate soulmate relationship for the entirety of your existence. And when you get to a place like me of not even knowing that there's a God, like the one life you have, why don't you just live it alone? And people that live alone suffer a high suicide rate. Stack on top of that, being gay in, in, a, uh, in, a, in a society that is not completely accepting and your suicide percentage is just getting higher and higher. Cute. How can I, you know, lend my name and my reputation to a group of people that are doing that to other people? I, they're interestingly to me, I left Adventism for moral reasons because of that. They did not uphold a moral standard that I think is central to the idea of love. And, you know, the conservatives will hear that and say, that's ridiculous. We're so moral. We don't allow gays in our congregation, you know? Yeah. So what, what's going to become of that? How's this going to pan out? Well, I mean, I don't have any answers. My All I can say is um, it has to change. It ha- We have to do something as a church. Uh, and I'm talking about um, the Seventh-day Adventist Church and maybe other conservative churches. If uh, we have to have a conversation, we have to do something because my son and my son's including you, feel ethically 
they cannot be a part of a part of this. And um, I feel ethically I have opinions and I am going to put love over all of what might happen, you know, what, what, what we think the Bible says about it, you know. Um, but young people are just not putting up with this. And, no, I mean, you know, people, young people are leaving the church in right, droves. And right. that's not just Adventism. That's right. most reli- organized mm-hmm. religions. I think people have just had enough of the thought control and uh, lack of ability to openly question. There's, you know, especially the millennial generation, one of the highest um, qualities that they desire is transparency, right. openness. Right. Um, which is interesting. And, and I think that ref- yeah. is reflected in like, and I'm I, all set with your You know, Caleb, religions. I mean, that was his first thing he said, I ethically can't do this anymore. I ethically can't do this anymore. And so I, I, I asked myself, well, can I ethically do this anymore? I mean, I can. And why can't I? Because um, my responsibility is to love everyone and to love um the gay person who comes in our doors, and if we have uh, openly gay person who comes in our doors, I'm I'm going to need to stand up to the plate, and I and with God's grace, I think I will stand up to the plate. Um, but as you know, I um, uh, one of the persons that I brought into the church through Bible studies and everything just left. Um, because she feels she can't, she says, I'm not a Seventh-day Adventist. And what she's saying is not that I don't believe the doctrine, but I don't want to be associated with some with a church that even speaks about gay people like this. Yeah. Um, and so what do you do? She is a normal she is she young is, person is, that we yeah. would, you know, her, her, the, the vision of our church is that, that we will be a witness to those who come to our daycare. And she came to our daycare. She want, She searched out the church. She met me. She had Bible studies. She was for two years with us. And then she says, I can't be a part of this anymore. So as a pastor, I think, well, what, what is the purpose of all this energy into helping people to see what what I believe is true about the Bible and join my church, if they get there and they realize that ethically they can't do this anymore. They don't want to be associated with us. Ah, you know, where do I go? You know, what do I do? Do I just give up on evangelism and, 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 and winning people into my church that I believe teaches a lot of truth? Um, so, and I think every pastor, if they were honest, that's what hap- is happening, you know, what they have to look at. We are not winning people to Christ, young people to Christ, and then into the church. I think it's a whole uh, societal, cultural, even nation uh, paradigm worldview change that, that I think is much... Uh, instigated and and uh and, well through... you guys have changed your world for you and the way you did it was associating with people who were gay who were who really changed 
you're thinking. Well, yeah. Anytime I would get uh, relationally close enough to someone who was LGBTQ or IA, I think they've included in that now. Ooh. That little kind of rubs me the mm-hmm. wrong way. All that stuff, but whatever. It, it you know, it's a lot of that's a word salad to just get that name out. But anyways, um, yeah. But anytime I'd get close enough relationally to someone to uh, to ask them about their past and how it was to grow up that way and everything else and realize that I knew the, a lot, some of these people uh, maybe before they knew they were gay or Mm -hmm. admitted it. And I knew they were gay. Mm -hmm. It wasn't that I saw, um, uh, you know, sexually perverted behavior in any way from these people. I just, you just, could tell with some of these kids and you yeah. know lo and behold later they come out you know right. and and it's just like all right the, the it's just not stacking up like my religion had told me right. and i don't i don't appreciate that i don't appreciate being fed a system of belief and a way of thinking that is not true to reality now the issue is that Adventism has such a high stress on, you know, why are you Adventist? Not because it feeds your soul. It's because it has the most truth. That's what most people are Mm going to say, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm left with that. I, I have a high, high insistence on truth. And if it's not true, what's its worth? Just to coddle me and comfort me? Um, these things that I was taught about gay people and everything else, were they just a conservative reaction to not let anything change, you know, and and no one wanted to think about it or be honest about it. They just wanted the status quo. And so it's just, again, more grabbing for comfort for, well, I have to remember too, that, that historically this wasn't just a church problem. This was a national problem, you know? Yeah. Culturally. I mean, my father, Uh, who wasn't religious at all, you know, would talk very derogatively. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and much more derogatively than we do in the church. But so things are changing. And, and the interesting thing I've seen, uh, one of my most conservative parishioners, when we were talking about this, she told me about her uncle or her nephew or whatever, um, and the struggle that she was going because more people are coming out and they're coming out to their aunts and uncles and, you know, and so everybody is going through this struggle. And so she's had to go through this struggle um, because one, somebody she really loves and admires has come out as gay, you know? So down the line, as more and more of this happens, we as a church are going to have to um, deal with it. We as human beings have, have to deal with it um and um you know i just feel like um in my own life i'm, I'm praying that i will be faithful and say what i believe i don't even totally know what i believe but that i will be faithful to love um anyone in my congregation who's gay or who's struggling with that and as you know as you might not know but the north american division of our, our church has just has recognized that there are many, many young Seventh-day Adventists, young people that are struggling with us. And they, they 
They were always there. They were and always there. To me, it's just laughable now, that they would like, okay, we admit they're there. That that doesn't well, do anything, but they, though. But, but that's a big jump for... I guess for a really conservative... It is for conservative... <laughs> yeah. It's still laughable to it's me, a, it's, it's laughable, but it's it's a jump. And yeah. so now... Slow progress. They're in, in the process of figuring out, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to help people? And they did come out with a really nice booklet... Um, which is which is um, designed for all churches, which uh, we just had our name put on, and and but all conservative churches that just helps ta- people to talk to their kids about it, and um, and so if things are changing. I feel really hurt that things didn't change fast enough for you guys, for um, for even. For you know, for me, I um, hope I hope they do change. You know, and I and I and I trust God that they will. Um, but for me, the key is we got to treat everyone in a loving way. You know, a love trumps any doctrine, and um, love trumps any struggle with, that you meet with a person. You just love them. You know, you just. Just love them. That's why I love you. <laughs> well, I think that's a great place to wrap it up. That's uh, that's ending on positivity and yes, hope. I like right. that. So <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you for uh, coming coming in today and, and talking. Thank you, Trent. Probably have you again sometime yeah. in the future. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, thank you so much. This has been uh, Brenda Johnson, pastor at the Saco Seventh Day Adventist Church. Um, if you are looking for a place to practice organized religion in a very conservative denomination with a wonderful not that conservative female pastor that's where you should go so there you go that's the highest praise i can give of organized religion these days so that's good trent that's that's about as close as you can cool well thank you so much thank you thank you Thank you.